David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. Good morning. It's 10, 10 a.m. Central Daylight Time. It is the 12th of June, 2019. This is episode 106 of Bitcoin and... And we're going to start here with Lightning Rod. This is a tweet out of uh, Ben the Carman or Ben Carman. He says, check out my project Lightning Rod. It allows you to share your Bitcoin node to other users securely so they can be onboarded onto Lightning instantly. And he gives his uh, the GitHub repository link for that. And looking at it, it doesn't say very much anything more than what what was already said, but it says uh, Lightning Rod is meant to allow users to use the Lightning Network without needing to run a full node. Lightning Rod's aim is to have users be able to connect their Lightning node to Bitcoin full nodes. So kind of cool. Uh, You can kind of share out your uh, resources. And I, I had kind of expected this type of thing to start happening at one point or another. And we've already uh, seen where uh, talk is starting to happen about uh, sharing your, your actual uh, straight up lightning node with uh, users who don't want to uh, go through the, the whole thing of, of sharing a lightning, no- uh, lightning node. Well, so, you know, things are rolling uh, steadily along. Let's see what is up here. Okay. Uh, let's, let's, let's talk about the, the CCN thing ccn markets or at ccn markets is has been a kind of a crypto news site for a while and it started complaining that it's shutting down after google's june 2019 core update and he it's this is direct out out of ccn.com and this is the or the uh, creator of the thing, Jonas. He says, "Dear readers, let's get straight to it. Google's June 2019 core update rolled out on June the third, 2019, and CCN's traffic from Google searches dropped by more than 71 percent on mobile overnight." Uh, not sure you can blame Google. As data from SEO analyzer Systrix shows, our visibility on Google dropped from 1.2 to less than 0.6. You might say we ought not to face any issues since we've been at those levels and lower in the past. What you need to realize is that we have added more people to the team, both full-timers and part-timers. We do not want to downsize the team. We do not want to break the morale of the team. So yes, this change by Google is directly having a significant impact on us as a small independent news organization that has never received any outside funding. The money we made on advertisements was directly funneled back into the growing of the team. We have tried to find out why our stories are no longer visible on Google by asking for guidance in Google's webmaster forums. While we appreciate the help of the experts from the Google forum, their theories for why Google has decided to basically shut down, in quotes, CCN, does not appear to be entirely accurate. Why would simple fixes be the cause of the immense Google listing drop when other similar sites are experiencing the same blowback? 
the leader in blockchain news, Coindesk, has experienced a 34.6% drop, according to Systrix. Cointelegraph has experienced a drop of 21.1% on mobile. Fellow crypto publication U.Today's admin wrote this, quote, We have exactly the same problem as described with our crypto news site. AMP traffic is on zero level. Popular search queries are file filled with outdated top stories from dinosaurs like Bloomberg, FX Street, and Coindesk. All comparable sites have the same issues. We've researched a lot. Uh, okay. <clears throat> the answer is both yes. Oh, sorry. Is this a crypto crackdown by Google? The answer is both yes and no. While all major crypto-focused sites have taken a hit by Google's June 2019 core update, other sites that are not affiliated with cryptocurrencies have experienced a startly, startingly similar impact. And they give a, a basically a graph of all, you know, NFL.com, MountainWarehouse.com. Uh, they they give a, a, a list and its visibility ranks and <clears throat> um, and the loss in visibility over the same time. So this is, you know, apparently everybody's getting hit. <clears throat> Continuing on, what appears to be an employee of Daily Mail, Jesus Mendez, posted this on Google Webmaster Forum. The day after the broad core algorithm update, we saw a massive drop in search traffic from Google, lost 50% of daily traffic. This was a drop over the course of 24 hours, and we have not made any changes to the site. Okay. Continuing on, the response Mendez have received uh, receive, has re- have received ranges from the website layout, the advertisements they show to having clickbait titles. Barry Schwartz from Search Engine Land writes: speculation and theory. This is there is not a lot. There is a lot of speculation floating around this drop in Google visibility for the Daily Mail's website. People are speculating it has to do with the ads, the site speed, the content, political slant, and so forth. Some are even speculating that someone posted using Jesus Mendez's name in an effort to make the SEO director of the Daily Mail look bad. God, guys, this is just starting to get into some mudslinging here. Along with this publication, Mail, uh, Mail Online confirmed that Jesus Mendez did indeed write the post in the Google forums. Um, so it's basically this, it, you know, he's kind of just ranting and this is huge. You know, this is a really long, long, long thing. Um, so I'm not going to read the rest of it, but essentially CCN came out and started whining that, uh, they were, that Google shut them down. And my thing is like, if, if you experience a 71% drop in web traffic and 24 hours later, or, or well, maybe not 24 hours later, but like a, a, a week later or such, um, you decide to, to fold up all your operations, um, then you probably were going to fold up operations anyway. I mean, I hate to be that way, but that's just, that's sort of just the way it is, right? I mean, I don't know how, you know, how else to explain it. You know, when, if your sales are in margins or whatever are that razor thin, that one core change happens to Google's search algorithm and you die within like a week. Yeah, mm-mm, that wasn't going to work no matter what you did. So Google start has responded. And this is out of Forbes. Uh, Benjamin Prius is writing, as of yesterday, Google responds to uh, allegations of blacklisting cr- uh, cryptocurrency news sites. 
he goes on or he starts up on June 10th, 2019, popular cryptocurrency news site CCN.com announced the closure of its operations st- uh, statedly due to an update in Google's algorithm, which, according to CCN, led to decreased readership numbers. Providing clarification on its algorithm, Google explained to me that its updates may have varying effects on websites. The popular search site often updates its system to keep up with the fast-paced Internet environment. A Google rep wrote in an email to me in response to a question about Google's algorithm and any recent changes the company has made that may have affected crypto sites. Google aims to give relevant results to those searching the web, the email explained. The Google rep added, quote, with any update, some sites might not perform as well as in the past, while other sites might perform better, end quote. Google detailed that some sites at times may see better results after updates due to those sites not previously seeing benefits of their high relevance. Mentioning Google's most recent update, the (coughs) representative noted that Google provided the community with an explanation of the situation on Twitter, Originally posted in October of 2018, the tweets entailed similar information expressing the occurrence of updates and that some sites may be affected more than others. The representative also shared links for Google's Webmaster Guidelines page and the web and its Webmaster Community Forums. CCN's founder, Jonas Borgesvink, I'm not going to pronounce that name correctly ever probably, blames Google exclusively for needing to shut down its operations according to my interview with, according to my interview with him. After Google's core update on June the 3rd, 2019, Jonas said CCN saw a dramatic decrease in traffic. Quote, our search traffic dropped by more than 71% overnight, <clears throat> Jonas explained to me. With that, he saw a drastic decline in ad revenues. He added, noting a fall of more than 90%. Quote, this happened just after June 3rd and has been consistent after. None of our recent articles drew any significant traffic from Google this past week. We have never experienced that before, end quote. In a CCN post about the news site's closure, Jonas explained the intent to, mitig- to migrate CCN's whole team to HVY.com. Quote, HVY journalist is a uh, is a news platform made by and for journalists, he wrote in the CCN article. CCN has been in the crypto news game since 2013, originally running under the name Crypto Coins News. Comment on Twitter comments on Twitter revealed a vast number of opinions and speculations on the situation. In response to my question inquiring if CCN's shutdown is a cover-up for lack of funding, Jonas responded to me, quote, you can ask our more than 60 team members they are they are all offered the same rates over at hvy.com end quote he noted i think they all have accepted the situation we have not fired a single person on the team we will stay afloat as long as possible on hvy.com jonas said when asked if other crypto sites should be concerned right now jonas told me i know they all are adding <laughs> this is just real this is a really weird sentence i know they all are adding I've been in touch with most of them. The Block, another popular media site in the crypto industry, noted minor effects from Google's update, according to my Telegram correspondent with Mike Dudas, founder and CEO of The Block. Quote, the Block's traffic was up 70% month on month in May versus April, and we continue to see record traffic despite the Google Core update, which had a minor negative impact on our traffic. Fortunately, we are not SEO dependent and receive direct traffic and referral traffic from Twitter and crypto partners that have helped us continue to grow. See, this is the way you do it, people. You don't depend on one thing. Sorry, that was me. 
continuing on. We also run a lean team and have a revenue model that isn't dependent on Google fed, low CPM ad based traffic. Good, good. That's the, again, that's the way you do it. Rather, our primary model is our premium Genesis research and anal, uh, analysis product. That being said, we are troubled by the lack of transparency and warning by Google, who seems to have made a change in their algorithm that significantly impacted major cryptocurrency sites, but have yet to explain why. End quote. <coughs> Crypto media giant Coindesk noted an insignificant outcome from the Google update, as stated in my Twitter message correspondence with news editor John Biggs. In response to my question, asking if Coindesk had felt any negative effects from Google's June 2019 core update, Biggs said, quote, not that anyone has noticed, end quote. <coughs> Crypto Potato founder Yuval Gov <coughs> also responded my, to my Telegram inquiry on the situation, stating that this particular update from Google caused more difficulty than usual. Quote, after every Google update, we see changes, usually in positive progress, Gov told me. This time, we were negatively affected and quickly discovered that we were not the only affected crypto site. Additionally, we reached out to Cointelegraph but did not receive a response by, uh, uh, by press time. And he, gives it, he does note that he, uh, he wrote for CCN.com consistently as part of a disclosure for this particular piece. Again, that was Benjamin uh, Pyrus. So... Yeah, again, if you are literally, if, you're, if your business lives and dies by uh, a clicks per minute that's generated on, uh, from uh, Google search engine optimization, you're probably doing it wrong. Uh, just, you know, that's just me saying. But anyway, let's, let, let's move on. This is also out of Forbes. Uh, this is Matt Hogan writing how Bitcoin is taxed. And he's doing this on June the 11th, 2019. One of the most common questions I get from investors is how crypto investments like Bitcoin are taxed. There seems to be a great deal of confusion, perhaps because of the different names people use for the, this new asset class. It's actually not all that complicated. Let's clear things up. <clears throat> the good news is, is that Bitcoin and other crypto assets have just about the best possible tax treatment available for long-term investors. According to the IRS official guidance on crypto taxation, crypto is taxed as property, which is just a fancy way to say it's taxed like a stock. If you buy crypto and hold it for more than a year, you pay long-term capital gains when you sell. For federal taxes, this means you pay a 15% tax on any gains unless you make a lot of money, more than 479000 for married couples and 425800 for individuals, in which case you will pay up to 20%. The, that compares favorably with most every other alternative investment. For instance, gold is taxed as a collectible. That means that no matter how long you hold it, the lowest tax you can pay when you sell is 28%. And yes, this is true even even if you hold a gold exchange traded fund like the Spider Gold Shares GLD. There's nothing magical about wrapping physical gold in an ETF that changes its tax treatment. <laughs> nice. Currency is taxed at a regular income rate. No matter how long you hold a currency investment like the Invesco uh, Currency Shares Japanese Yen Trust, the FXY, you never qualify for long-term capital gains. Instead, you pay your marginal income tax rate based on, on any gains up to 37% on federal taxes. Commodity futures and ETFs that hold commodity futures like uh, the U.S. Oil Fund, USO, 
are what's called Section 1256 contracts for tax purposes. This That means two things, neither of which are good for long-term investors. One, first, any investment in a Section 1256 contract is marked at marked to market at year end, which means you owe taxes on paper profits at the end of the year, even if you don't sell. Oh, God, that hurts. Second, a regardless uh, regardless of your holding period, 60% of any gains are considered long-term capital gains and 40% are considered short-term capital gains. That means the blended tax rate for someone at the highest federal income tax bracket is 26.8%. The relatively high tax rate is unfortunate, but it's the, it's the mark-to-market feature that kills long-term investors. People really don't like paying taxes on paper profits. The inability to defer taxation can mean can have a meaningful impact on long-term returns. For short-term investors, Section 1256 contracts can be beneficial as the 26.8% maximum rate is less than the short-term capital gains rate up to 37% for high earners. Bitcoin futures, for what it's worth, are considered Section 1256 contracts, so they fall under this tax classification. Direct holding of physical Bitcoin does not. As clear as the core guidelines for crypto taxation are, there are a few areas where more guidance is needed. Fortunately, the IRS recently announced plans to offer guidance on how to handle hard forks and airdrops, the right way to establish the cost basis of any crypto position and other minor topics. The most important thing to remember, however, is that crypto assets like Bitcoin are taxed like stocks. If you hold for less than a year, you pay short-term capital gains, if you hold more than a year, you uh, owe long-term capital gains. So there's at least, you know, some some guidance that we can kind of, you know, sink our teeth into as to how we're going to, you know, what taxation of Bitcoin actually looks like. Um, moving on into the stack, uh, Bitcoin Magazine is writing as of June the 11th, 2019, BitMEX to provide cryptocurrency data via terminal. BitMEX, a cryptocurrency exchange and derivative trading platform, now provides cryptocurrency data to Refinitiv's Icon Terminal, a spinoff from the more from the main rival of Bloomberg's well-known financial data terminals. CryptoCompare, a crypto market data firm that has a long-standing partnership with Refinitiv, facilitated the collaboration between the terminal and exchange, according to CryptoCompare CEO Charles Heider. The, the ICON terminal will receive BitMEX data through CryptoCompare's existing contribution channel with the terminal. terminal. According to Hyder, CryptoCompare is responsible for managing the data exchange integrating BitMEX into the terminal. Quote, CryptoCompare contributors conduit or contributions con- conduit can deliver BitMEX data to Refinitive ICON seamlessly thanks to our longstanding partnership, sparing BitMEX a costly, time-consuming integration and onboarding process with Refinitiv, Hyder said in a press release. BitMEX is hopeful that the partnership can help bring in new institutional investors and help gain some traction in the traditional financial industry. BitMEX utilizes an API that allows tech-savvy traders to stream live data feeds. In April, BitMEX traded at an average daily volume of $1.14 billion U.S., the data BitMEX provides to the terminal is the same as that which runs through the API, but it will also allow new institutional traders to ease their way into the cryptocurrency market through traditional platforms they currently utilize. Quote, when it comes to trading, a good decision making, de- <coughs> good decision making depends on access to solid data insights, BitMEX CEO Arthur Hayes said per the release. 
We are pleased to deliver a new wealth of data on cryptocurrency futures uh, for institutional investors that can contribute to their overall confidence throughout the decision-making process. Bloomberg is also compiling data for its cryptocurrency investors using the Hubi price index, which tracks the performance of the top 10 cryptocurrencies traded on Hubi Pro. However, according to Hyder, Reuters has a much more definitive offering. Hmm, interesting. Okay, so again, things are moving right along. Um, this is sort of the I you know this plugging into the traditional financial markets was always you know was probably always going to happen, you know. And anybody who really believes that all you know Wall Street is going to die in the face of Bitcoin and banks are going to evaporate the, and go the way of the dodo. Um, that if that were to happen, it will take a while. Um, and, and during that time, if the links like this type of link between, you know, our world and the normie world get stronger, then the evaporation of the traditional markets become less and less likely. Not that I like the traditional markets and not that I don't think that they should kind of like, you know, go away. And, but I don't think that that's going to happen. I don't think that's a realistic, uh, way to view the, the, the situation at hand, um, and I'm not even really hateful on banks. I don't like central banks. There's a difference between the guy that, that writes, you know, a loan for me to get a house or a car versus a central bank that literally devalues my money and evaporates my wealth right before my eyes. So there's that moving on up into the stack. Iran cryptocurrency miners may lose subsidized electricity again out of Bitcoin magazine writing on June the 11th, 2019. We have cryptocurrency miners in Iran could be charged with higher electricity bills. Should the country's government begin calculating their electricity prices in quote, real prices, according to the financial tribune, Iran's deputy energy minister, no way I can pronounce his name, is pushing for cryptocurrency miners to pay power bills at rates equivalent to those charged for electricity exports per the report. Crypto miners would no longer be allowed to pay a subsidized price for electricity like most Iranian citizens. The Iranian government currently pays close to $1 billion in subsidies to account for the huge gap between the Iranian household's pay and the actual cost of electricity usage in the country. Subsidized energy costs can be a significant motivator for Bitcoin mining operations. While authorities in Iran prohibit the mining and trading of cryptocurrencies, sanctions imposed by the United States government have encouraged people in Iran to do so anyway as an alternative to fiat currency. Another reason for Iranians' adoption of cryptocurrencies is because in January 2017, Iran stopped using the U.S. dollar as a result of the travel ban imposed by the US United States administration. Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies have become viable alternatives as media of exchange. Iran has a relatively long history with Bitcoin adoption. Back in 2013, the Bitcoin community in Iran launched its first website, CoinAva, for Iranians to buy and sell Bitcoin. So I guess that's their their uh, low version of local Bitcoins. Um, Continuing with a little bit more BitMEX news, the block crypto uh, writing on June the 11th says BitMEX says unauthorized attempts to access user accounts on is on the rise, mandates email without withdrawal verifications. Uh, the number of unauthorized attempts to access user accounts on BitMEX has climbed. The cryptocurrency derivatives exchange wrote in a blog post on Tuesday. In the wake of these rising attacks, the exchange now forbids users from disabling login notification emails and requires email verifications for withdrawal requests via the API. 
BitMEX also advises its users to use strong passwords, enable two-factor authentication, and use a password manager. BitMEX imposed these new traffic uh, practices after observing that almost all victims of these attacks did not see or receive account-related email notifications. In addition, some refused their <coughs> reused their passwords or have very weak ones, while others had their email addresses compromised first, which led to the account theft. <coughs> According to BitMEX, perpetrators have adopted increasingly sophisticated tactics in taking over and moving funds from compromised accounts. Some hackers would deliberately make a loss against another account they also control, while others disabled email login notification after unauthorized account access. BitMEX said in the blog post that it is also considering enforcing login access features such as 2FA, as it is, quote, the best and easiest way to protect yourself from these attacks. And yeah, 2FA uh, is absolutely, I use it. I use it all the time because it just, hell, I just feel safer, but it is safer. But it's a bummer. I mean, it, it essentially now you're going to be forced to get all their their updates, and and so you'll have one more thing in your in your account. But if it's that or losing the money you're keeping on exchange, which you shouldn't do in the first damn place, then I would probably opt for a box full of BitMEX emails. So there you go, uh, Italy. Uh, okay, this is not directly related to Bitcoin, but it should be. Reuters is writing as of this morning that Italy proposes tax on savings hidden in safety deposit boxes, as if it couldn't get any freaking worse. Out of Milan, Italy's government may tax cash and other valuables locked away in safety deposit boxes held with banks, Italian newspaper said on Wednesday, quoting Deputy Prime Minister Matteo Salvini. The dailies quoted Salvini as telling a late-night TV program on Tuesday that he had been advised that safety deposit boxes in Italy held assets worth hundreds of billions of euros, quote, money that is substantially hidden, he said, suggesting that deposit boxes were a way of hiding income and assets from the tax authorities. Those who voluntarily declare their deposit box holdings would be taxed at a low rate of about 15%, which is sorry this is me talking 15% is 5% less than uh 20% which is normally used as uh the rate where somebody is going to be charged with usury the old biblical term usury right 5% away that is not a low tax rate guys that's not and the fact that they're going to start doing this um means that nothing you know almost nothing is safe and this is why you buy this is why you buy bitcoin um, because it it can't be it can't be audited in the way that these people want to go around because they can they can certainly find out how much money you have in your bank account. They are certainly going to probably inst- you know start talking about negative interest. Well, they've been talking about negative interest rates in a while, but it wouldn't surprise me if that doesn't get uh, installed sometime next year. Now they're going to start rifling through your uh, your deposit boxes, and they're going to probably force your hand to come in with the key because they, you need two keys at least to open one of those things so that they can audit your safety deposit box. So if you're in Italy, get your shit out of your safety deposit box as fast as you can. I don't know where to put it. I, I really don't. Because next they're going to start searching your mattresses. You know it's going to happen. Uh, so it's just such a damn shame. Now, this is uh, also not directly related to Bitcoin, but again, it should be. This is the Financial Times. Germany sells 10-year bonds 
<laughs> at lowest yield on record. Oh my God. <clears throat> okay. So, uh, Germany has sold medium term buns at the lowest yield on record in the latest sign of how the uncertain outlook of Europe, Europe's economy has depressed, depressed borrowing costs. The country auctioned 10 year buns at a yield of minus 0.24%. Yeah. Minus it's a negative interest rate on their bonds. Uh, the yield was well below the minus 0.07% at the previous 10-year auction in late May. The previous uh, trough of minus 0.11% was recorded in 2016. Notably, demand in Wednesday's auction was the weakest since late January, with investors placing bids for 1.6 times more than the 22 billion euro that was issued. Oh. Man, that is painful to even get through. It is just painful. Um, This particular article goes on, but that's, I mean, that's really all you need to know. I mean, and and at that point, my question becomes, who would actually purchase these? Why would you purchase something that you are going to lose money on? So apparently there exists a subset of people in in the world that are not necessarily stupid, but are forced to buy these things somehow through some mechanism. I don't know, gun to head or the fact that maybe they've somebody threatened, I don't know, sanctions or some such shit. I don't know how it can be done, but Germany is somehow or another offload, even though they said that they didn't get the, the auction as much as, you know, auction off as much as they wanted. Uh, they did get, there were some people who did buy negative interest rate 10-year bonds. I, I don't even know what to say about that, but that will do it for the, your morning roundup. Vital Statistics brought to you by BitInfoCharts.com. Bitcoin is at an average price of $8,175. It looks like the high is going to be over at, oh, who's got the high? Who's got the high? Oh, nobody actually, I'm not seeing the high, but I am seeing the low at $7,901 represented over at Simex. There is there there was three hundred and twenty eight thousand transactions made over the last twenty four hours with an average transaction per hour of thirteen thousand six hundred seventy one. One point two five million BTC were sent in that twenty four hour period, and the average sent per hour is fifty two thousand BTC with an average transaction value of three point eight three BTC and a median transaction value of 0.044 BTC or $360 US. Block times are a bit high at 22 or I'm sorry, uh, 10 minutes and 22 seconds. 0.8 BTC are being taken in fees on a per block basis and 108 BTC have been taken in fees over the last 24 hours. We've had a 6.8% drop in uh, hash rate and we are now hovering just above 50 exahashes per second. Uh, let's see, where are we at? Oh, yeah, uh, the last GitHub commit was sometime yesterday on the 11th. Left to right, Ethereum is 254. Litecoin is 142. Hold, what the hell? Bcash is 396. BSV is 191. Ethereum Classic is 8 and a third. Dogecoin is 0.0031 USD. And with... 
31,000 transactions. It's not beaten uh, BSV or Bcash. Ugh, I really want that number to flip again. I, want, I, I need the flipping. Anyway, that's going to do it for your vitals. And we'll get into Marty's bent here in a second. But first, this message brought to you by Bull Bitcoin. Sell some. God, this never goes up again. Well, hey guys, like, if you haven't heard about this crypto stuff, you really got to get in the game with Ripple. We're talking about not working with criminals. We're talking about trusting governments again, you know? So you want to look at going into exchanges and get into these crypto booms, you start with XRP. They lock stuff up. They only take like a billion a month. They've been pretty responsible. And if you want to playing the other lesser coins, well, you know, we're not going to hate you for it because you're always going to come back to XRP. It goes up every so often. Like, it, it, it's gotten, I guess, some people lambles, they say, and stuff. But really, it's... it's it's Bull Bitcoin. <laughs> Cut the bullshit. Marty's Bent for Monday, June the 10th, 2019, issue number 501, a trimmer in Hong Kong. Starts with a tweet from CNW. More than one million people protested in Hong Kong today against a bill that would allow suspected criminals to be sent to mainland China for trial. Another week has gone by, and another snowflake has fallen on the mountain of geopolitical risk that has been building for quite some time now. The citizens of Hong Kong took to the streets over the weekend to protest a bill set to pass through their local government later this week that would allow China to request extradition of suspected criminals. This is a big no-no for the people of Hong Kong, a territory which exists in this weird legal gray area after, within China after being returned to the Chinese by the British in 1997 after a 99-year lease on of the territory. Yeah, WTF is what Marty says. And I always wondered about that. How do you lease something like that? I, weird. Up to this point, Hong Kong has enjoyed the luxury of being an administrative region within China that has maintained a local government and financial systems separate from mainland China. Over the years, China has inevitably attempted to erode this autonomy. If you freaks recall, the people of Hong Kong took to the streets for the Umbrella Revolution in late 2014, early 2015, when the Chinese government tried to implement some sort of screening of the candidates that the people of Hong Kong would be able to vote in their elections. Less than five years later, the streets are full again as the Chinese government moves to weaken Hong Kong's sovereignty further. I remember the extradition law, if passed, or I imagine the extradition law, if passed, would not bode well for many, particularly those participating in the notoriously free press that exists in Hong Kong and the businesses which depend on the territory's perceived autonomy from China in the eyes of the global economy. This bill couldn't come at a worse time for the territory or the mainland government trying to wrest more control over it. As the trade war between the United States and China continues to escalate, it is easy to see the U.S. and others subjecting a compromised Hong Kong to the same tariffs and sanctions that are being thrown at China right now. This would also probably have a negative effect on the Hong Kong dollar, which is currently pegged to the United States dollar. Mm. A truly precarious situation for one of the economic power hubs of the world. If this situation continues to escalate, it will be interesting to see how the price of Bitcoin reacts as it only feels natural that this move would incite a flight to safety into assets that cannot be sanctioned or subjected to geopolitical dick flexes on display during the trade wars. Maybe the Chinese government sees the writing on the wall and is attempting to get ahead of the curve. 
Who knows? Uh, there, he ends with this, uh, this last tweet from Lisa Abramovitz. China keeps buying gold, adding to its record stockpile as it seeks to d- diversify away from dollar assets. Final thought, beer can chicken has now been added to the arsenal. You know, I've never done a beer can chicken. For as long as I've been grilling and barbecuing and smoking, I have never even attempted it. I don't know why, but there's something about aluminum close to open flames that just gives me the freaking willies. Anyway, that's going to do it for Marty's Bent, and we want to thank Marty for riding Marty's Bent every damn day. And if you notice, this was episode this was issue number 501 uh, his last issue cro- this is the issue that crosses the 500 mark congratulations marty ben. as you might suspect today's daily train wreck is brought to you by ryan x charles of yours.org fame Apparently, Ryan had a religious experience. And I'll, I'll tell you what I believed, although this is going to sound silly. I mean, what I believed in the moment was that Craig Wright is the second coming of Jesus Christ. Bad. Bad human. Bad. No. No. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm not going to say too much about that because it it speaks for itself, but I I am going to say this and not really in Ryan's defense, uh, as much as to say that, uh, that was, uh, like a little piece from a really long clip. Apparently he had been, he was, he had been going on about his experience at the, uh, BSV convention, whatever the, they call that thing. I'm sure furries were involved in either event. Um, there's some clips that have been uh, edited pretty solid, solidly edited together, but also heavily edited together that by the time you get through the whole thing, it seems like he really does believe this. The fact that he even said it, in my opinion, I think he's losing his sanity. But keep in mind, it's not exactly what he's saying. Uh, just to be fair and only trying to be fair because – fellow human being and all, um, all of our words, you know, upon editing can be twisted, but he's still, I think Ryan's, I think Ryan's kind of losing his mind. Nobody's using yours.org. I mean, and I've seen this, I've seen this quite a bit. There's a lot of companies that I was excited about when I first got into this thing. And a lot of those companies are not doing dick and yours.org is one of them. Um, I think, uh, y'all's y'alls.org is, I think actually beating yours.org. I'm not sure. I'd have to look at the metrics, but you know, there's a couple other countries that haven't done squat. So now apparently Ryan is getting into this thing called PayMail, and it's based on BSV. And it's just, it's really weird because here, the, here's the thing with, with the whole yours.org saga for me in a nutshell, First, it was it took Bitcoin, it was medium with a paywall, which I'm like, okay, I'm I'm good with that. And they took Bitcoin. And then the whole fee thing happened, right? The high fees, the and everything was slow and blah, blah, blah. So he went along the ride and switched over to BCH with you know Roger Ver's outfit, you know, Roger Coin. And then he shit can that when Craig Wright split forked off from BCH with BSV. So in 
in the span of, oh, what from, I think that the whole thing started in, uh, in earnest really bad, uh, at the end of 2017 when prices were skyrocketing and everybody was FOMOing in. So the, the, Bitcoin blockchain was getting hammered and I'm pretty sure that there was some, some coordinated spam attacks uh, going on at the same time to make it look even worse. Um, so within like a couple of years, he changed his payment method of payment for his core business twice. Well, actually, no. Yeah. Twice. I mean, how do you expect to keep your, your customers if you keep telling them that, they, that the coin they were using is, is not valid on your chain anymore? And I, I don't know. It's just weird. So that's going to do it for your smoldering pile. And that's also going to do it for your host as well. So uh, 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 the shows are getting a little short because i got some other stuff that i got to do. But, uh, we're, you know, as things, you know, get a little bit more squared away, um, I'll get back into like, you know, having a, having a tune or two or something like that. Um, in, in either event, I will see you guys on the other side. This has been Bitcoin and, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.